Welcome on into the two three podcast. I am Cam. That is Zach coming off a beautiful win against Virginia Tech. Zach, the Hokies didn't even stand a chance, even though we were very scared uh, at the beginning of this game. This one felt super, super good. We really handled it, and it felt like we had a really good grip on this the entire game there. Obviously, the first half was pretty close, but once we got things going and we started to click on pretty much all cylinders, we kind of took this game and kind of ran with it, which coming to this game, like you said, we were pretty worried. So it, it was really good to see the Orange and the boys go out and do their thing. Would you say of all the games that we've played this year that this is probably the best that we've seen the team against a, a formidable foe? I think so. 100%. I think this is, I mean, obviously this is, I think the best, the best win in the ACC and this could have been the best game of the entire year for, for, for the guys. And it seemed like we got it from every corner of, of, of the game. We got it from the offense. The offense was clicking really well. We got it from the defense for the majority of the time. As coach said in his presser, our offense won us the game today. Our defense was helpful for a while until it wasn't. And that, I mean, towards the end of the game, you kind of suspected that Virginia Tech was going to come back because they had a couple of comeback, you know, make things interesting games. They ended up losing all of them, but they are coming off of a, or they were coming off of a pretty rough loss against NC State where they they just barely were short of their comeback. So you kind of suspected this, but it was nice that the defense was able to hold them at bay. And more importantly, Zach, that the offense was able to put up the numbers that they did when they well when they were when they were hot. Yeah, we had five players in double figures. We shot 50% from the three and the field. So we were Oof. we're shooting lights out. We we're feeling really good. And I don't know, our, our flow, I mean, obviously when you shoot that well, your offense is going to feel, you know, like it's, it's running well and it, it looked that way. And it was really good to see that from the guys. An interesting stat that you have marked here, SU is now 11 and 0 when its opponents score 72 points or less. I mean, you remember a year or two ago when we were holding opponents to less than 70 and we were still losing ball games because our offense was not able to get anything going. When you compare this team to last year, do you think that we're able to score at a more consistent level or do you think that it is just a completely different team overall? I mean, it's definitely a different team overall, obviously. I mean, I do think this last stretch here, especially, you know, this last game and even arguably the game before we are kind of establishing a better outside shooting presence beyond JG three. So that's really helped us. It's kind of give us, you know, little flashbacks to what we, what we had last year with, you know, buddy and Cole and everyone on the team. So I don't know, we're, we're, we're looking good there. And I think, I don't know, I, I, I'm not really worried about the offense. I think we're going in the right direction with the offense. We're starting to get things going. We're starting to shoot the ball pretty well, and if we're able to keep it up, I think we're going to be in a pretty good spot. Jim said, quote, JG3 had one of the best games that he has ever seen him play. 24 points, three assists, two steals. He was the typical JG3 that we know and love, and it's so nice to see him scoring at a consistent level, but it's so nice to see him have his confidence back finally. 
Yeah, he he really has shown his leadership, his experience. You know, he he's our our main guy. I, I think he's really taken that role upon himself. He he is our guy. If, you know, early in the season we thought that could have been Jesse. I mean, he he might share that that role a little bit with with Judah just because of how well Judah's been playing too. But overall, I think at this moment in time, JG three is the guy for Syracuse, one hundred percent. And he's been able to knock down his shots. It, you know what's interesting is earlier in the game, he was, I think he started the game like one for six or one for five. And he had a couple of turnaround jumpers that were not falling. He got subbed out. Cy came in and was able to kind of control pace and do what Cy does best. But when when JG3 finally got back in, he seemed like he was much more calm. He was much more poised. And that's something that we haven't seen from JG3. I don't think I've ever seen him until this year do that sort of thing where maybe he's not hitting shots. He comes out for a little bit, gets composed, goes back out there. Because we know that in, a, in the younger years of JG3, he was taking some really weird shots. And he still does that from time to time. But it was a serious issue when he was cold. He would try to force things. And we're not seeing that now, which I think is very promising. Yeah, he feels way more patient. He's willing to take the ball into the lane and find it. And he's like developing some new spots. I mean, he's been kind of working on them all year. But this this past game in particular, he, he's really kind of finding a new spot. And within the three-point arc too, which is something that, and a lot of people would think he doesn't have in his game, but he, he's showing that he does. And for a, a slight comparison to an old Q's guy, I, I'd say he, a little bit, he gives me some Trevor Cooney vibes, honestly. And I think that he's getting hot right at the right time, too. I do agree with that Trevor Cooney analogy where Cooney seemed like he was he was all reliable for, for the later part of his career. And I agree, he's got that same sort of play style. He's... He's got that dog in him, Zach. He just has that dog in him. The next guy that we need to talk about just came alive in this one. Malik Brown had his first double-double, 11 points, 12 rebounds, two steals, two assists, and a block. Do you think, Zach, that this is his way of punching his ticket into the starting five? I think it feels like it, but at the end of the day, based on what Jim said in the presser, it, it just... It honestly doesn't seem like it matters. And that's literally what Jim said. He said he's getting starting minutes. It doesn't matter who starts. And at the end of the day, it's like the truth is in the box score, right? He he, he got 34 minutes. Chris, Chris Bell got 10. Benny had eight. So while these guys are starting, who's getting the more minutes? Guys on the bench. So at the end of the day, like who who really cares? It doesn't matter. It, at the end of the day, I, I think Jim is right. It, it doesn't really matter. And like, as much as like it's, it feels like he should start. It's just like it, Jim's gonna do what Jim wants to do, and at the end of the day, I think this doesn't matter. Yeah, I'm sitting here thinking about like why does Chris Bell start? Why does he still start if he is in the doghouse? Why does he still start if Jim doesn't play him at all? But you just summarized it perfectly. Jim is gonna do what Jim's gonna do, and he's not gonna change the starting lineup. He very, very, very rarely will. So at the end of the day, if Malik is playing well, then just have him play starter minutes and why not? Have him come off the bench, feel out the game. Maybe Chris is able to hit a couple shots. Maybe Benny's able to hit a couple shots. But, you know, Malik is getting his his minutes when I think that they're they're well-deserved. And I think for me, personally, I did not see this from Malik Brown. When the season first started, he was just in the group of freshmen 
didn't really think about him too much. And I know that you had talked about in the pre uh, games or in the pre games in the preseason games that he looked very promising. And I didn't see it, Zach, but now I, I finally see what you're seeing. And he's just, he's got such a bright future ahead of him. He just does, goes out there, does his job. He plays so well. Yeah. I mean, that's, I mean, I've had my radar since, since the preseason, like you said, and I think the key to his game is, and this is something we've, we've, we've touched on before, but he, he just does all the little things. He's, he's willing to do the small things, the little things, and it just makes a huge difference. Obviously, Chris Bell is able to, you know, make his shots. But beyond that, he's kind of limited and he hasn't really shown too much production outside of that, that category. But when you look at Malik Brown, you know, he's even contributing well offensively, 11 points. So if you, anywhere you look with Malik Brown, he's contributing, he's doing the small things. And as long as he keeps doing that and other guys don't do that, Malik Brown is a guy and he he's he's going to continue to develop this year. And we've said this so many times in previous episodes, but anytime Malik Brown gets starting minutes, he performs super, super well. And I'm just excited to see what he's able to bring in the future. One thing that I, just real quick, one thing that I had noticed uh, in this game is uh, Jesse is drawing a lot of attention under the hoop and he's getting boxed out. He's getting double teamed. And I've noticed that he's able to work, Malik's able to work really well with Jesse because Malik is usually cutting underneath the basket. He's not really marked usually, and he's getting those free open layups. And I think that that's going to be tremendously important because as we go along, people are going to be focusing on Jesse because he's one of the offensive threats to this to this team. And I think that Malik is kind of flying under the radar right now. Maybe he's having a good game here and there, but I don't think that teams are going to be paying attention to him too much. I think down the line, that is going to be something that we're going to need to look out for. No, that's huge. I think their chemistry as it builds, and it seems like they really like to play together, and they, they play well together. They played really well together in this game. And as that chemistry forms and builds and, and progresses and adapts, I think we're only going to see better and better things. And especially, like you say, when Jesse's getting double teamed, just anytime when you, your two big men can kind of operate and help each other out in those times just makes you all the more dangerous. And that's a super exciting prospect, which this game was the first time we were able to really see that type of play be formed. Otherwise, it's like we just throw to Jesse and he's able to do his thing or he finds someone out on the outside, which is so good. But this adds another dimension to our offense, which we haven't really had in previous games. So it's uh, it's good stuff. It's all really good stuff. I'm going to introduce this next player that we want to talk about with a question to you, Zach. Where would this team be offensively without Judah Mintz at the helm? We would be a totally different team. Judah is just a dog. He makes unbelievable, unreal, just insane shots. He's so unafraid to take it to the rim every time. And he's just continued to progress and be just be a fantastic point guard and player for this team. I mean, he has, I guess you could say a quiet night for him, but 12 points, two assists, and a steal. And that's all we needed to get the job done. Would you say that you would like to see that assist number go up more than the, the points? Always. Always want to see the assist numbers go up. And just because of the style of play, I feel like he's always going to struggle with that. He has had 
he's had a 10 point assist game this year or he's he's had a a pretty high margin assist game which love to see that but always for him he could always prioritize looking for other players a little bit more but at the end of the day he's still doing his thing and it's 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 being it's being used well so yeah the amount of times that i've seen him drive in and i've thought to myself that's not going to work and then it does work when this guy first committed to the orange last year when it was very late i thought that he was going to i was a little bit upset because he was going to take samir's spot and i think now it is i think it's finally time that we admit zach that I think I would rather have Judah out there right now than than Sai because the things that he does is just amazing. Sai does his own thing. He controls his own style of pace. He, he has his own style of play. And Judah is out there and he's just, he's like a bulldozer. He just, he just can't be stopped. Sometimes when he's driving down the lane, like I said, you just don't think that it's going to work. And he ended up, he ends up making it work. It's It's so surprising to me. And I really hope that he's able to stick around accuse for for more than a year I really really hope that he's able to because the amount of potential that he has with this team is just it's mind-blowing it really is I'm excited another guy I want to give flowers to before we move on here is Justin Taylor Justin Taylor logged 10 points two for three from the three he was looking good too alongside Malik Brown yeah, that that duo of Malik and Justin Taylor is something that we've seen a couple of times because usually the starters are coming out. Justin, it took a little bit for him to get his rhythm, but now he's finally starting to hit it. Now he's finally starting to hit shots. He's finally starting to be useful. The one thing that I would criticize him on is I think that he is he's just not trying for rebounds like the rest of the forwards are. He's just trying for his shots. And that's what he's useful at. He is useful at the three, but at the same time, if you're going to get on all the forwards, you have to get on him too for not rebounding. The only forward that's out there that's actually rebounding at their potential is Malik right now. So I think I would like to see him under the basket more. He's kind of hanging around the perimeter a little bit too much. And he, I've noticed that he's taking the ball up a lot more than any other forward. I don't know if you've noticed that too. Yeah, a bit, and I think he's just shown a glimpse of what Jim teased last presser that he's going to be sliding to that too eventually, and maybe he'll he'll handle the ball from time to time as well, which he's capable. You know, he he has the ball skills to do that, and you know he, he's a talented player, and I think he's super solid, and I just think he keeps on showing some glimpses, and just like all the, some of the a lot of these younger guys, they're just taking time to develop, and you know they're freshmen at the end of the day, so you just got to be patient. So that was the good. Let's go to the bad. Benny had a not great game. He only logged eight minutes. He was coming back from being sick, but Jim had mentioned that he did not get the minutes that he got because he was not feeling well. It was because he just was not playing well at all. He had one point, two boards, and a block. He looked non-existent out there. He, I worry about him, Zach. I worry about the play style that he's had recently he doesn't look like he's very happy he had that one game where he looked like he was you know back to this the player that he thought that we thought that he was going to be and then since then it it really hasn't nothing's really happened he just is so inconsistent right now and it's really difficult to see that 
Yeah, I mean, this is this is a tough topic to properly address, and but I, I'm just I'm just worried about his like just general mental health. Like, obviously, it's it's super tough to kind of go on this roller coaster that he's gone on. You know, he came on this highly, you know, recruited five star. Everyone was so hyped for him, and then you know he came into this super veteran heavy squad where he didn't have much of an opportunity to play and was on the bench for the majority of the year. And now this year we've, we've seen some glimpses, but we keep on seeing temptations boil over for him. You know, he, he was in that little like shove battle or whatever you want to call it in, in an early game of the season. He, he just ripped his jersey in half a few games ago. And it just seems like he's not in the greatest mental state of mind. And it just has me worried. And this isn't about like, oh, is he going to transfer? I'm just, I just feel like more often than not, our evaluation on a player, on a team, is just based on performance, what they do, what they don't do. And I just hope, you know, he, he's getting the support he needs. And I, I just think it's something important to talk about rather than like, yeah, Benny sucks. You know, he, he, he doesn't deserve to play. Like, it's just like, it's an important aspect of the game that people don't talk about enough. So while, do I have an answer? No. But I think it should just be talked about more in sports in general and in this particular situation. So hopefully he's getting the support he needs. In the month of December, he was in double figures five different times. He, in the past two games, has had three points and then one point. So definitely something is up. It seemed like after the Boston College game where he really came alive, he was playing extremely well. He had 11 rebounds and 16 points. The team was on his back. You know, they were... They were loving it. The coaches were loving it. Jim was giving his praise to him, saying that Benny is the best forward that we have right now. And the past two games, he Jim has talked about that he's been really good in practice. It's just he's focused on jump shots right now that he's not able to make, and we need him to do other stuff. So I feel like it's probably a case, Zach, of him playing in his own head and trying to do a little bit too much, trying to do... Um, something that we don't necessarily need him to do. And like you said, I really hope that he's able to get the help that he gets because, or the help that he needs, because, you know, he's, he's a really, really good player and seems like a really good kid. Um, would hate to see him leave. And I, I really hope that he's able to kind of get the support that he needs and, and he's able to kind of get back on track because the team desperately needs him right now. Yeah, and I'm sure, you know, the coaching staff and his players, they're encouraging his family and friends are reaching out and, you know, giving him, you know, encouragement in the in these times of frustration and, you know, uncertainty and, you know, only playing eight minutes, you know, in the coach sitting on the in the coach sandwich on the bench, which is always, uh, I'm sure, a fun situation to be in. So, yeah, I mean, like you said, I just hope he's getting the support he needs and, I just think it's important to think about it. And it's not thinking about like worrying about, oh, is he going to transfer this and that? I think too many people talk about, oh, he looks unhappy. He's going to transfer. Like, I'm not worried about that. I'm just worried about Benny. I hope he's good. I hope his mentals are good. Mentals are important. You know, a shout out to uh, Marshawn Lynch. And got got to keep your mentals in check. It's important. That's right. The next guy that we need to talk about is also having a couple of issues recently. And that's uh, Jesse Edwards. He had two or three times where he wasn't able to finish underneath the basket. And granted, a quote-unquote not-so-great game for him is still 13 points and nine rebounds and six assists, but he he's 
he's doing a lot of stuff out there that's like, how are you missing a shot that's basically a layup for you? And he's done that two or three times. I worry that he's probably drawing too much attention that the teams are finally starting to kind of pick up on him and they're starting to kind of pick on him a little bit. I think if we're able to get more production out of Malik Brown, that'll sort of draw the pressure off of him. And then Jesse's going to be able to kind of get back to what he does, but it's just the physicality. I don't think he's able to really match it right now, even though he is, he, he can do it. It's just, he's not channeling his, uh, I don't want to say aggression, but that's the only word that comes to mind right now. He's not able to channel that in the appropriate way. And he's drawing fouls and, I think that I just expected a little bit more out of him in the in the physical department, and I don't think that we're getting that right now. Yeah, I mean, I do think you could chalk this up as a, a bounce back game compared to his most recent game. But overall, like you said, this is like a little bit of like a decent game for his standards. But luckily, you know, he, he is back in, in the scoring column with 13 points, like you've already mentioned. And... We looked for him too. There's there's so many plays. There's a there's a stretch there where we kept going through him, trying trying to get things going. And you know, good things did happen. He was able to get six assists. You know, with with the play that he was able to do with you know Malik and just finding guys open as well. So good things are happening, and you know things are looking good. And I think too, which we'll talk more on this on the preview. But Notre Dame's coming up. He had a really good good great. He had a good first matchup against them. So hopefully that can bring his confidence back again. And uh, just, I don't know, we just got to keep building confidence and hopefully this physicality won't be, you know, his, his kryptonite. Yeah, just to preview the preview a little bit, Notre Dame is going to come into the matchup and they are not a, a very big team. They've got some height, but yeah, in the last game, he was able to to do pretty well against them. So hopefully he is due for a bounce back game and hopefully he's able to to get it. One more thing that we'll quickly touch on is that uh, I guess you could say the the backup of the backup center, Peter Carey, freshman coming in. He will redshirt this year. He had a procedure done to his knee. And honestly, it's probably for the best because he he didn't really get too much production. And, you know, hopefully he's able to come back next year. And Jim seems pretty optimistic. The coaching staff seems pretty optimistic about this kid. And um, hopefully he's going to be able to come back and, and and get some minutes and tear some things up. Yeah, I'm excited for the the development of Peter Carey. I mean, if you look at any of the case studies that this coaching staff has, Brahma, Jesse Edwards, like they have a really good case study on developing a really great center. And all these guys, their first years were in a very similar position to Peter Carey, whether they redshirted or coming off an injury or just didn't play. And now, and then, you know, their later years, junior, senior years, developed into fantastic centers for this program and if Peter Carey is able to stick it out I think he could um, be a fantastic center that one day so our next game coming up will be Saturday against Notre Dame you can hear the preview on Saturday morning on game day morning until you hear from us then we will talk to you soon let's go Cuse. let's go Cuse